Marriage is the most amazing. Brings so much joy, so much pain. You might be married or thinking about getting married. Um, maybe struggling in ways you can't talk about. Jesus addresses this issue in the Summer of the Mount and talks about the one quality that most impacts our marriage. We're going to get to that. And as you might expect, it has to do with the nature of our heart. And it actually is a huge quality, whether you're married or not. So here we go. I'm going to try to condense a lot of historical material into just a few minutes right now. Hope I'm able to do that in a way that makes sense. Because this has been a very complicated question for the church over the years. Jesus said, uh, it has been said, anyone who divorces his wife must give her a certificate of divorce. But I tell you, anyone who divorces his wife, except for sexual immorality, makes her the victim of adultery. And anyone who marries a divorced woman commits adultery. And one of the big questions of the church historically has been, can a Christian get divorced? And based on what Jesus says here, uh, often the response has been, no, you never can, unless there has been uh, adultery. Later on, when Paul writes to the church of Corinth, he talks about somebody who has an unbelieving spouse and that uh, they might abandon him in, in the same sense there. So those have often been the two conditions that people think, uh, yep, divorce in those cases could be okay. Um, but then obviously that raises the question of, well, what if you have somebody who is selling drugs to little kids or somebody who is being physically abusive. One of the early church fathers was so adamant about this. Literally, he said, if your wife is poisoning you or poisoning your children, you cannot leave her. And we all, many of us at least, will have read about, heard about stories of churches where there are women who are abused by husbands and uh, they are counseled by the church to stay with him, even though that's very dangerous, uh, in some cases fatal. Do not do that, by the way. If you're in a relationship that's dangerous, you need to get out of it. But I want to say a little bit more, because I, I was told for a long time, it felt kind of mechanical. Why is it that you might have somebody in, if they strayed one time, you were allowed to divorce them, but if they were doing evil, dark things in other areas, you weren't. And I, and uh, a person named David Instone Brewer, he's written a few books, Divorce and Remarriage in the Bible, Divorce and Remarriage in the New Testament, and his work has really been, I think, kind of the definitive work in our generation here. And he says, to understand Jesus, you have to understand what was the conversation about marriage and divorce that Jesus was engaged in that everybody knew? Because, of course, the rabbis had thought carefully about what commitment are you making when you get married and um, what constitutes the breaking of vows. So in the Old Testament, there were two basic passages um, that the rabbis would cite for this. One was Deuteronomy 24, uh, and it talks there about divorcing a wife for a cause of indecency. And not long before Jesus, there were two rabbis, Hillel and Shammai, and they, they debated about everything. It was like red state, blue state. Um, and uh, one of those controversies was that Hillel said, well, the text could have just said, that you could divorce your wife for indecency, but it said a cause of indecency. So what does cause mean? And it must mean you could divorce her for indecency, sexual immorality, unfaithfulness, or any other cause. And then 
rabbis who sided with Hillel would uh, come up with examples of like if she got an additional wrinkle on her nose and you didn't like it, or she burnt the toast. Rabbi Akiva said, if you find another woman whose appearance you like more, that would be any cause. So part of what's going on is, and then and then uh, Shemai, the other rabbi said, no, 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 this is just um, divorce if there has been sexual unfaithfulness. And Jesus quite clearly here, Matthew 19, is not an any cause guy. But that Deuteronomy 24 passage is only one of the key passages. Another one is um, in Exodus chapter 21. And uh, here's what it says. Moses here is giving uh, rules really basically on um, servanthood and slavery and about a man who marries a woman that's been a slave. If he, if he marries one woman and then marries a second woman, he must not deprive the first one of her food, clothing, and marital rights. If he does not provide her with these three things, she is to go free without any payment of money. Now, this passage, Exodus 21, David writes, is actually cited in um, every marriage that there are records of from Jesus' day. It was uh, one of the two key passages that determine what's the commitment that you make when you get married so that um, if that commitment has been broken, then divorce becomes possible. Now, the reason that the certificate of divorce was so important was it was a tremendous protection for women in Moses' day. In the ancient Near East, a man typically would just simply leave a woman if he didn't want to be married to her anymore. But then uh, if he decided later on that he wanted her back, he could just go and reclaim her. What that meant was if she was left by a man no other man will get married to her because if he did and they got some money, the first guy can come back and claim it. So certificate of divorce was a great step of justice forward in the protection of women in that day. And that was the purpose of it. Um, uh, so in here on uh, Exodus chapter 21, we're told that there were basically, the rabbi said, three areas that you are committing yourself to provide for your spouse. Um one of them is food, one of them is clothing, and then the third one is marital rights. And the rabbis being rabbis, they would spell all that stuff out quite carefully. So um, uh, a husband was to provide uh, up to one-sixth of his salary for what were sometimes called festive garments. And of course, the husband generally would bring the cloth and the wife would sew, or the husband would bring the food and the wife would cook it and sew. But that was clothing, and then that was also food. And then part of what you made a promise for was sexual intimacy. And again, the rabbi said, you know, uh, we have to be real clear on this. If your job involves a lot of travel, if you're a donkey trader, then you are legally obligated to uh, have sex with your wife at least once a month because you might be on the road a lot. If you're a normal guy, normal job, uh, once a week. If you were unemployed, I'm not making this up, every day. That was the legal obligation. I'm not sure she really wanted it. I don't know that it actually got carried out. But it's like, you got nothing else to do, pal. You know, uh, try to be of some value here. So so uh, those were the obligations. And when those vows were broken, that's when divorce came into play. So it wasn't arbitrary. It wasn't mechanical. It wasn't like, well, if you... 
commit sexual immorality. If your spouse does, then you can get divorced. But if they're a murderer and a drug dealer, then you can't. The way the Hebrew law worked, it's a bit like uh, in our day, battery is when you lay hands on somebody and they don't want you to. Now, if you hit them, that's much worse, but it's still battery. So it's that and then anything worse. So abuse is way worse than just neglect. Of course, that would be grounds for divorce. So that would have been the framework that Jesus is speaking into and part of what he understood about the way that marriage and divorce works. I want to make one last statement about this, and this is from Matthew 19. Pharisees kind of trap him, trying to trap him on this, try to get him to say, are you a Halal guy or a Shammai guy and there's any cause thing? And what he says is, Moses permitted you to divorce your wives because your hearts were hard. But it was not that way, that way in the beginning. So the real issue is hardness of heart. And if anybody's looking at would a divorce be biblical, um, it's not a legalistic mechanical formula as we tend to make it. We've seen over and over again in the Sermon on the Mount that what Jesus is moving to is the heart. And where someone has um, betrayed marital vows and there's a pattern of it and a refusal to repent and a refusal to create a safe relationship, there are times when divorce is just the only option that is possible for somebody. Uh, but that will take wisdom and discernment, take community coming alongside them. But, but the thing I want to leave with you today is um, have an open heart today. One of my greatest regrets in life is how many times I had a hardness in heart towards Nancy when she did something I did not like, said something I wish she had not said, acted in a way that for whatever reason, uh, you know, I didn't uh, like, then I would withdraw and punish her uh, in just stupid ways. So don't do that. Today, be ready to apologize. Today, be ready to appreciate. Today, be ready to affirm. Today, be ready to learn. Today, be humble. Nobody has to live with a hard heart. And that's what's at the core of the Sermon on the Mount is the true goodness, the surpassing goodness that exceeds the scribes and Pharisees because it's flowing out of the heart. Make it a golden rule day. You've been listening to Become New with John Orpert, where you can receive 10 minutes of daily teaching about the person you're becoming. If you like what you're hearing, you can head on over to our website, becomenew.com, where John has over 710 minute teachings on the person you're becoming, cataloged in 20 different series covering a range of topics you might be interested in. If you'd like to receive the emails that go along with each episode that include extra resources and discussion questions, you can let us know at becomenew.com slash subscribe. Lastly, if you have a prayer request, there's a team of us who meet each weekday to pray for listeners just like yourself. You can send your specific request to us at the number 855-888-0444. I'm glad you're here, and we'll catch you next time.